Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good evening. I was told that this was week four of camp and that I was going to be speaking to kids who are excited to be at camp and full of energy and that I should bring my A game. So we're going to try that again. Good evening. I think I heard the counselors louder than the campers. So I'm going to try that one more again. That's what we say where I came from. One more again. We're going to try that in. Good evening. That's a lot better. That's a lot better. Uh, it's good to be with you this night. I'm going to be together with you this whole week. It's going to be good. We're going to get to know each other, hopefully over the time. I'll be teaching you from the Word of God, from the Scripture. Um, one of the things is that is good for you is that I don't like to speak long because I don't like to hear myself talk that long. So that's good. But here's the deal I like to always make. If you fall asleep, I'm going to go 40 minutes long. Look at that. What do you think about it? It's a good deal. But if you stay awake, I won't be that long but we'll have some fun. Sounds good? Sounds good? So the theme this week, anybody want to guess what the theme this week is? How did y'all know that? I know, I know. I'm just joking. It's right behind me in big, beautiful colors. We're going to be talking about beauty from ashes. I'm going to read to you the scripture that that's from in a little bit. But I'm going to start by telling you a season in my life when um, I graduated from high school. I went to one year of college in a school in Pennsylvania. And my ultimate goal at that point was to play football and make a whole lot of money. That's the first time you heard that dream before, right? Um, but after I went to that school for one year, I couldn't afford to go there, so I came back home, and I went to football practice with my brother. He was in high school, and he was playing at his field, and he said, George, uh, we're really thirsty. Can you go buy us some Gatorades while we're practicing? And I said, ah, I'm not that good of a driver, and he had wanted me to drive his car. He said, please, please, get us some Gatorade. There's a store, there's a 7-Eleven right around the corner. Anybody get free Slurpees this week, by the way? Yeah, I got some free Slurpee, 7-Eleven, July 11th. So I said, I'm not that good of a driver. He said, please, just go get us. It's right around the corner. Just take my car, go get us some Gatorade. So I get my brother's car. My brother has this loud sound system. He always has a good sound system. I drive around the corner. I get the Gatorade. And all of a sudden, I'm confident. Like, maybe I'm a better driver than I think. I get in this car, I drive back, and I pull up into the parking lot, and then all his teammates and his, co- his whole team and coaches are on the field, and I'm blasting music. So I'm like chilling. The car seat's leaning back, which I don't know why the seat was back so far. And I'm like, I'm feeling myself at this point. Like, I'm confident. So I'm like, I'm not just going to pull up. I'm going to like whip into the parking spot. And I did that real quick, and I pressed to brake, and I made a mistake and pressed the gas. Drove up on the curb. <laughs> into the fence, and my car was stuck on the fence, off the ground, and the whole football team that I was trying to impress were laughing at me. They had to get me out the seat, the car. I had to jump out the car. The whole fence was brutally messed up. And I remember sitting there at that moment, like, maybe I wasn't that good of a driver as I thought. But I also realized this moment is that the reason I was even there was because in my life at that moment, not being in school at that time, I knew that statistically, if you took off a year, there's a good chance you wouldn't finish college. And I was so afraid that I was never going to go anywhere with my life. I had to put my hands on the wheels and control my life. And I crashed the car into a fence and embarrassed myself. And I began to realize not only is that true for that moment, but that could be true for my life. That when things seem to be out of control, my first response is to take things into my own hands 
and fix it myself. I don't know where you're coming from, but I want to encourage you with this. When you look at your own lives and you look at this world, you'll see a lot of mess. Show of hands if you see mess in this world. This world is crazy. You see mess on the floor. You want them to clean it up right now, don't you? There's some mess on the floor. But in moments when we see mess, we want to take it into our own hands. We want to fix it, and we want to control it. But I want to encourage you with this. What if God has an answer for all the mess in this world? What if God has an answer for all the mess in your life? I want to take you to a moment in the life of someone named Jesus. He's coming actually towards the end of his life. He's 33 years old. He's going to die on a cross, which back in those days when people were crucified for committing crimes, they would get on something called a cross. They would be killed there. But Jesus was innocent. He never even committed a crime. But even still, he knew that he was going to go to the cross. But before going to the cross, he was in a place called Gethsemane where he was praying to God. And he said to his friends, he said, friends, come and pray with me because I'm so overwhelmed that I got to go to this cross. And he started praying to his heavenly father. He's saying, this is so heavy. I don't know if I can carry that. Please, if I don't have to carry this weight, please take it from me. He's praying and he has his friends. His friends are with him. His close friends are with him. And he turns around and looks at his friends and they're sleeping. Have you ever had a good meal like Thanksgiving? And what do you want to do after you eat that good meal? You want to sleep, right? You get that, you, all of a sudden you eat it, you're, you're full, your stomach is full, and all you want to do is like, man, I just want to take a good nap. These disciples, these friends of Jesus had had their last supper, is what we call it. They ate some good food. And Jesus like, come pray with me. Like, all right, Jesus, I got you. I'm going to come pray with you. And then, you ever do that before? Y'all ever fall asleep, like eating a good meal, then like watching Netflix, and you, the movie's really good? I hear somebody snoring. They were knocked out. But Jesus is praying in the most difficult moment of his life. He's praying, and his friends kept sleeping. And then something happens. After he goes to them three times, he keeps praying. I want to read this to you in Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to start at verse 50. Something happens after they all kept sleeping. Jesus is praying, knowing he's about to die. He invited his friends to be there with him. All of this is happening. All of this mess is happening. And here this is what happens after Jesus Friends are sleeping. Some people come to him to arrest Jesus, and in verse 50 says this, Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward and seized Jesus and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions, one of his friends, reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Did you know that was in the scriptures? The friend that was sleeping is now like fighting. And Jesus' response to this in verse 52 is, Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think, can I call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? I want you to hear this. When Jesus was about to bring the solution to all the problems in his world by dying on the cross, when he was preparing to bring all the solutions, he asked his friends to pray, and they fell uh, asleep. Then when he's being arrested, his friends wake up, they get a sword, they take life into their own hands, and they cut someone's ear off. And it's almost as if Jesus could say, if you could understand as you put this into your own hands, as you're willing to fight in your own way, I'm already solving it, but you put it into your own hands. If you could just trust me. You see, what happens is we are often quick to act and slow to believe. 
what I'm going to be discussing with us over the next few days this week is how in the midst of all the mess that we see in the world, and in the midst of all the mess that we see in our lives, in our families, in our communities, in the midst of all of that, that God is still working. And those things that you've taken the control of in your own life with your own hands, and you've felt it before. You ever pick up a bit of sand and you try to squeeze the sand? What happens when you squeeze the sand? It just slips right out your fingers. And you've experienced that in your own life. When you have troubles in your own world and you grab your own hands and you try to fix it yourself and it seems to fall apart. I want to ask you this. What if God is working out a bigger plan? What if he's asking you to believe? You see, I crashed that car into a fence in a moment when I thought I would become no one. Now, obviously, I'm here this morning, this evening. I ended up going to college. I played football in college. I didn't make millions because I knew I was called to ministry. And I graduated from college. When I crashed that car, I was afraid that I needed to control my life because God wasn't working, but he was always at work because if he wasn't, I wouldn't even be here tonight. God is working in your life beyond what you could ever think or imagine. Jesus, after the disciple, after his friend cut off the ear, he said, put the sword back. He ended up healing the man's ear, and he says, I must do this that my descriptions will be fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled many scriptures, many promises from the Old Testament. Throughout this week, we're going to be focusing on one of those scriptures, and that's in Isaiah chapter 61. I want to read just verse 1 to you tonight. It says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. This is about Jesus. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Everything Jesus did was to fulfill God's good plan. I'm almost done. This is my last point. This is what I love about the scriptures. I actually don't care where you are tonight. It's okay. God is not offended by us without questions. If you've come this week with a whole bunch of questions, if God is real and true and powerful, he's not offended by your questions. And what I want you to also know is he's not offended by it. He's also saying, I still have a master plan. The same things that you're holding on to that you think are against me, I gave them to you. And once you know who I am, you will actually use them for my glory. I love that. So wherever you are in your seats, in your heart right now, I know this. God's going to meet you this week. Are you ready? Are y'all ready for a good week? You you do not sound like you're ready. You don't sound like... Are you ready for a good week? Oh, that was good. That was good. That was good. I'm going to close us with prayer, and we're going to continue on some of these conversations during the rest of the week, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, that the things in this world, the problems in this world, the chaos in our lives, that, Lord, you are sovereign, that you are all over all things. I thank you that there's no one here who is too far away from your love. There's no one here who can outrun your love. There's no one here who is so far, so distant, that you're not pursuing us. So, Lord, in all of our questions, we ask that you would give answers. In all of our problems, we ask that you would give solutions this week. In all of our wounds, Father, would you bring healing? In all of our worry, would you give us peace? Lord, we want to know you. Lord, help us to believe that you are working beyond what we can see. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.